We're back. We're back. Back. A little uh, little two week uh, Christmas break, I guess. Not intentional, but like also the Red Wings didn't play. So we didn't have much to talk about. So it was nice. Uh, How was you guys this Christmas? Fabulous. It was good. Good. Sounds fabulous. (laughs) Oh, you said that. (laughs) I just go until World Juniors got canceled. Yeah. Yeah, right. We, we'll get into that. Uh, I got put on COVID protocol. Uh, I'm looking to get te- I'm looking to get tested out at this point. You know, with a five day isolation, I should be I should be good for you know early in this week. Get back to practice. I'm Nick Letty in this scenario. Yeah, love clicks for, clicks for surviving it. Let's get clicks going. Uh, I also wanted to shout out our uh, our oh. new apparel um, distributor, aka our, me and Grant's mother. Uh, she made very nice sweatshirts for us for Christmas. And they're very comfortable. And I love you, Mom. Sweet lady. (laughs) I love you, too. Sweet lady. All right. Uh, Start this off. Uh, We have so much to talk about. It feels like I have a bunch of notes about, like, oh, everyone who got put into protocol over break. And it's just like, it doesn't matter because everyone got taken off. (laughs) Literally. Besides Nick Letty. Um, But, yeah, like. We had the Olympics getting canceled. We had World Juniors getting canceled. We had taxi squads brought back. Oh, Andy, how pissed were you that Witter got sent down? Oh, boys, I uh, a bunch of hole that, in the wall. Other than other than the other two, like the World Juniors and stuff, that was the biggest heartbreak of of all. Oh, it was worse than World Juniors getting canceled. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's the close, part of the, Canadi- but... the Canadian the Canadian me has has a special place for World Juniors. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure, like, with the tax squad, I had all the names written down. It was Mikowski, Ranoff, Barber, Bratstrom, and Chris Golo. But I'm pretty sure, like, most of them, I think all of them got sent down at this point simply because, like, everyone's healthy. So they're not, it's a choice whether or not teams want to carry the taxi squad. Right. That's, and there's another rule in there that they can't have someone on the taxi squad that makes over a million or something like that, right? Well, I mean, nobody in Detroit's organization of the minors makes over a million. Right, but like they can't use it for cap relief. Essentially, like was was right. like like how teams were able to use it for last year. Oh right, yeah, you know, yeah, not that I'm, I mean Detroit. Yeah, Detroit's got so much cap space; it doesn't even matter. But right, but it's, I mean, yeah, I guess in Detroit's scenario, that's regard those rules are kind of irrelevant. But it can't be right. like you know a Tampa situation, which you know there, there's LTIR, but they also did have a couple of guys that were like making. Who was who was it? Uh, Shen last year was making a million or so, million two, maybe. He might have been. Maybe I think it might have been Ruda. Oh yes, yes, that's right. Because yeah, but that yeah, Ruda. Right. that's right. But um, they can't, can't be doing that anymore. So. so, I guess we'll start with like the in order. So the Olympics. Uh, I'm not surprised at all. No, nope. nor I do. I think they should have. I, I supported the decision for the NHL. I don't know. You don't. Oh, okay. I think people should be able to pick themselves. If they want to go through that, let them go through that. If they don't want to go through that, they don't have to. It just. I, lo- I loved Brad Marchand's statement. Like, it's his. See, I'm not. I'm not a huge it's fan his, of it. It's I, his. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of shitty that the league just tells players they can't do this. 
when well, you, it, growing up as a kid, like, and you're that good at hockey, is like Marchand, Crosby, McDavid, like for the Canadian players at least, like you dream of playing in the Olympics and playing against the best competition in the world. And this, for the, it's going to be like eight years now until the, like without an Olympics with NHL players. Yeah, twenty twenty six. They're going to so go eight, again. eight eight years without NHL players. Yeah. Twelve total. No, right? no, twelve. It'll be twelve years from because they did not last in fourteen. Twelve. Yeah. Okay, twelve. Because yeah, the last one we went to was fourteen. Yeah. So right, these players that are right. just blossoming right now, who knows if they're going to be at the age to be able to play in another Olympics? No, yeah, so. I definitely the best on best factor is definitely a huge thing, and it's a, definitely a negative. But I, I'm looking at it purely from the the situation the NHL is in that I support it. Also, Brad Marchand's statement I don't agree with simply from the fact he he claims the NHL lied to them. They didn't. They no, said they would do their best. They did. They were going to do the best they could to get the players to the. To I'm the, pretty um, sure Olympics. it was at a point where they were. They had said that they were going to let them go to the Olympics. Ba- did, barring it, it, barring I, a COVID barring a COVID outbreak, yes, okay. because they had it written in the fine print that if there's too many games to be rescheduled, the break was going to have to be used to reschedule games. I, either way, you put yourself in a player's shoes. I'm livid. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, like, if you're that good, I suppose. But, like, also you have to look at it, the isolation. Three to five weeks? You in don't China? care if you're Brad Marchand. Why, in China? Why would you – but why would you care? Like, you've waited your whole life for this. Like, China's, like, pretty much the last place I'd want to be isolated for three to five weeks. Okay, that's I, – I think that was false information. That, that no, nope, that was no, – no, okay. still, That still was home. confirmed. I thought I thought someone said it was just – people were saying that because it's china but anyways i i still don't agree with the nhl's decision Steve, like my viewpoint was but you just need to be like more like upfront with the players and let him know like they should be able to know before the season starts or whatever i don't know i well that was the whole point of the three to five weeks was they're they're letting like that was them being up from the players like listen this is what you could be facing okay and then cool if you're gonna say that i guess let them go like Make up your mind. Well, the thing is, though, like, so I get it from the like the player standpoint. Yeah, they, they're ready. They want. They want to go. Like, who who doesn't? Especially, like you said, the best players in the world. They were the opportunity was right there within reach, where they can go represent their country. But barring looking at everything that the, the league's been going through the last two years with the COVID, they need to make their money back and their revenue back and focus on an eighty-two game season. And sorry, like the IOC, yeah, they they're missing out. But if if you're looking at the league's viewpoint, like what Bettman said last night after the Winter Classic, he said we need to focus on keeping our players here, a healthy, safe for the owners, because like Bettman's a representative for the owners. He needs to keep all those guys happy and keep their league running and growing their league as it is keep it running yeah no, <laughs> trying no, no, to get, no. try get back on pace that is the back biggest like one of the biggest factors in this also like a little thing like the ioc i'm not a huge fan of the ioc considering like with putting turn hockey tournaments and like the olympics in places where countries with serious human rights issues yeah like that's another like I, I like I know they don't care about that, but like also like it's kind of a bonus like they don't have to go and be in that country. Um, the next one's in Italy. That'd be that's gonna be sweet. 
like I'm pumped for that. Like I'm, I like, I love the Olympics best well, on best. Pumped for what though? Like who knows if they're even going to go, this is two years or two times now that it's been canceled for NHL players. That's I think the I next mean. one, it's just, I it's think just, the next one they'll go. Yeah, I, th- I think we're striking out here. That's two now. Well, with this now that this is this has brought on the conversation for a World Cup again to have that, a best that won't best. happen for like two years at least. If that well, two years, it's better than they can't just like throw that together. I it's right. Just, yeah, I know. It's just it doesn't. I said sit it's right. brought on the conversation. I never I'm just saying. It, right I'm just saying it doesn't sit right with me the way that they went about this. They're I pretty thought they're about it. Yeah, that's how I feel about it as well. Like I, I felt, I felt like we like it seemed like it, they were going to do their best, and they said at one point like it was in the players' hands, bearing, you know, like any serious COVID outbreak, and the variant happened, and then this happened, where there was yeah. too many games to be made up. I thought, and also like Gary Bettman, like he he put himself in a very good situation. Like I don't, I don't support Gary Bettman very often, no. and but like he basically put it in the players' shoes at one point. Like it was gonna look bad on them if they weren't if they're were gonna go and like again with the with the owners and the revenue like if your best players are missing weeks on end it's not good for it's not good for business. This one sells tickets, which I mean, and that's the other that's a whole other issue is what's going on north of the border. I watched a terrible game last night. There was no fans again in Ottawa or in Toronto against Ottawa. That was so bad to watch, but. They need those players in the lineup to sell tickets in the areas that you can have fans of the game, you know. Right. Obviously, anywhere besides from the looks yeah, of it, Ontario. Mostly Ontario. I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure I some mean, other provinces are allowing at least some capacity. No, I think Ontario is a thousand, but like, I think they just chose not to. The last one I thought, yeah. I thought I saw that. I could be wrong. Maybe. Um, yeah. It was like a very small amount where like it didn't matter. Um, yeah, so I suppose we can. That's kind of a smooth transition to like where World Junior. We can get into World Juniors now, where we had basically, I think it was five positive cases that canceled the whole tournament. Yeah. My issue with the cancellation of World Juniors is the fact that, like, one, not an actual bubble. They put in quotations. It was very half-assed bubble. The whole Red Deer situation in the hotel where there's an actual wedding reception going on with people willing willy-nilly coming in and out contact with the players like you couldn't avoid it. Like if they really wanted to commit to this bubble then they should they could have done it. They can afford it. You they know did I mean? it last year. They did it last year. It was completely fine. Um and yeah, I felt it was a really half-ass effort by the IIHF who took an L earlier in the week with the women's U18 tournament. And that was it doesn't even start there. It starts back to the to last year, the women's worlds too, like it's, and not finding it, like not finding a way to reschedule it or put it into Dallas, Texas, like that they didn't did. They, didn't they cancel like all the tournaments? Just not the men's. It's not just the women's. Didn't they, they cancel? Well, didn't they canceled so, like all the B and C tournaments too? It's like all the terrible countries because they yeah. don't make they don't make any money from that. Well, exactly. They, yeah, it's the point. Which is it's it's yeah. pretty sad. Like these, especially for the women's side, like who are all developing to be part of like their Olympic teams and whatnot. Like they're all trading to be that. And I don't know if you guys saw the clip of the broadcast cam on Twitter for the women's uh, 2019 tournament. It was basically like if, if someone took Live Barn 
and like put it in a, like oh like the big arena and then tried to stream it. It was pitiful. Yeah. I get that the big rare arena it in Sioux, Michigan here. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what it looked like. It was it was yeah. pitiful. Um, but yeah, for the World Juniors, like it was. Mickey. Yeah, bubble was such an issue, and like they should have prepared more so with roster size as well. Like if this many cases were gonna factor into this they should have factored in for the roster size as well. They did. They had, they allowed them, I think six extra skaters this year. No, they had extra, I know they had extra players on their roster. They only had a couple of guys. They only had a couple guys like Canada. I know for a fact, they only had like two, two or three scratches. Oh, I see it. What I was, what I, what I heard is some teams brought like 27 guys. No, I think, but I think uh, they were supposed to like make cuts after like they like had the ro- names uh, on the roster. I think it's for the teams traveling further. Okay, and if well, someone tested positive in the beginning, they had to be sent home or have to see, quarantine the whole time, and then they can have a full roster. Yeah. But, like, I think there should have been, like, 30 guys per team if, yeah, the, if I, this was going to be the case. But then, like, with you saying that, why can't they do that for the Olympics then, too? I guess. I mean, I suppose, but, like, different different countries, different protocols is my counter-argument for that. Yes. <laughs> Another, yeah, so – my my viewpoint on this whole World Junior thing, IHF thing, is just they're proving themselves to be a Mickey Mouse organization, really. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's the way I look at. It. That's the only way I can say it. And it's even I, like I was pissed when they canceled the USA game because they had their goalie and a forward test positive. So first of all, why are you room- make having these kids with roommates? If you're yeah, exactly. That's another that's one. Yeah, my biggest issue. Is that was that why, was a huge. Yeah. Why are they single? Like not just in their own room. And then and also, even so, that's. But even so, that's still only four players. You can still dress your third. You know, you have your backup and your third goalie, and then was he? It wasn't even Camesso. Like Camesso was the starter. It wasn't him that tested. Oh, okay. So you. I was Camesso. confirmed. He, he he was in a different room. Well, yeah, he two. he had his own room. Oh, he had his okay. own room. Okay. See, I, I well, no, so yeah, because it was the the backup who was supposed to start technically game two, right? I think so, the undrafted okay. kid. Yeah, yeah, the undrafted kid. But still, yeah, play Camesso, scratch the kid that Camesso was rooming with, scratch the other kid, the, the two kids in the other room, and you still, yeah, you might have to play a man down. You're still, but you're still fine to go, like, to go. But I, it just makes no sense that you're going to not plan it out, right? Yeah. So it's planned super poorly where it's just social – interaction with all the public basically when all these cases are flying around like couldn't you adjust to that and make it like a bubble and then also just go off of that if there are going to be five COVID cases and I just don't see how they can't push through that right yeah I don't know that is great it was was five cases I think I think three or two, two of them for sure, but three maybe were asymptomatic, so they didn't even know because they just do their testing daily, right? Right. So they didn't they didn't have anything of it. Which, again, like I know it's a touchy subject, but if you're asymptomatic, you're fully vaccinated, which you had to be to be in this tournament because you're going into Canada, and it's a WHF sanctioned tournament. Right. Those players, if they're asymptomatic, I still feel like could have should have been able to play after a couple of days of testing and so you know like they, they, they could have been so many other options they could have used yeah i didn't again, like the, that goes the back ruling to like the side. ruling yeah yeah i didn't like the ruling out for the entire tournament that was no, well, so it, it really 
I I personally don't understand why people have to like that are vaccinated have to be tested all the time then and then if they're asymptomatic like yeah, why why do they be tested all the time unless they have symptoms that's shouldn't they just be tested if they have symptoms it's wild to me that's, yeah no yeah. I, I definitely agree i agree with that and that's like kind of like what we touched on i believe last pod like i mentioned with the nfl what they're trying mm-hmm. to go to and i believe like right. the nhl should go to that too and stevie Y even said that same thing in his press conference on it yeah his right. was a lot more riskier because nobody else was saying it at the time and he was the but, first person to speak up and yeah. he's not a he's a person not to touch like he won't go into details like that and if he feels that strong about it, obviously it's just not just him. It's coming from players that and other people around the league too. Yeah. They, you know what I mean? Like he, I mean, but also could, he's the type of person that would just say, wouldn't just go off, off the cuff and say that he has to, he's very methodical and what he says. No, he, as well, he right? thinks before he speaks for sure. Very, so. very, very much so. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. It's just frustrating to watch like, Another, it's like again that this, at the same point of the Olympics, these these kids, these players are training their whole lives. This is what they dream. Especially, I know in in Canada, like I said, growing up, that's World Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. That's the biggest day of the year, really, and for hockey in Canada. And these kids, you know, like these countries are spending hundreds of thousands of how many dollars to come over here, make it, try and make it work. And then after two days, you kind of, you just shut it down on them. Right. You know, and then now like they're talking about trying to reschedule for the summertime and stuff like that. That's just, it's kind of stupid in my point, like have the same rosters, have the same teams go to a different place and do it in the summer. Well, the same thing is going to happen then too. Yeah. I mean, decent chance, right? There's a good chance the same thing happens, if not worse, because summertime here in North America, if you're going to have the tournament in North America, people are going to be traveling a lot more. Those areas are going to be a lot busier. And, you know, it could just happen again. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah, unfortunate for sure. Like if we just go on the player level, uh, I thought maybe we could touch on a couple of the guys because I, I watched, like, you know, I watched a decent amount. I know Grant watched a decent amount. I know you watched a decent amount. I feel like we could touch on a couple of the big guys for the Red Wings. Um, a big storyline, guy who didn't play, Kosa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What is going on with Dave Cameron? That was the head coach of Canada, right? Yeah, that's, that was him. Well, I don't really think there was that big of an issue with it, to be honest with you. Like I, The I other two like, goalies are good goalies. And yeah. If you really feel comfortable starting a returner and grand – is his name right? The Rangers prospect. Yeah, Grant. yeah. Grant, yeah. I had, I didn't have an issue with him because like he outperformed Kosa in that one game, and him getting the start is fine. I don't know, but starting the undrafted guy who's the third string coming in was that was kind of like I didn't agree with that one. They also started him against Austria, not like it really mattered. Yeah, that, I know. They that's another, the other point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's definitely like a the other way to look at it. I don't know. I Austria's felt like a, a team lot- that, sh- that should be should have been relegated. Oh yeah, they, completely. They, were, they weren't even going to do a relegation. I know. Hey, that's what I mean. Like, his tournament was kind of a joke this year. So hold on, though. So uh, to touch back, so that one uh, Division One A tournament had to be played because I can't remember what team it was is coming in next year, though. 
because they announced because those that, that tournament was played before the world so that must have been like a while like pretty early then it, it could have been like november october yeah like i don't know but that because they're i, I don't know what, i don't know what country announced. yeah i can't remember what team it was but I remember it might have been latvia and someone else i think i could latvia or norway are like the only ones that make any sense to me i think i think it was latvia um excuse me oh shoot i think it was latvia but I remember watching uh, Canada's first game in my buddy's basement, and he he's like, "Oh, I guess this team's coming up next year." Ka- oh, Pakistan? No. Maybe. No. No, I don't no. think so. No, I don't know. It was weird because we're talking about random countries, like in the tournament, because there's like there's one A, one B, two A, two B. I think there's two 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 teams coming up next year, and one's Latvia. I can't remember the second one, but it's not Pakistan. Okay, all right. Yeah. I think Norway probably makes no sense out of all of that. And but... if it is, like, you guys can take me out. Kazakhstan's been in this tournament before. Canada beat them, went Tavares played. Uh, oh, right, 16, yeah. 16-2 or 16-1. That's when, practice. what, Tavares had, like, a hat-trick and... Yeah, they played semif- in Ottawa in semif- 09. The, the semifinal or quarterfinal? Or is that just uh, a round-robin? Yeah, uh, he had a hat-trick in the round-robin and in, in the medal round as well. So, God. yeah. <laughs> Not bad. Um, but we can go into so uh, Simon Edvinson. He's not bad. Yeah, wild. Yeah. He looks yeah. so good, especially the first, especially the game against Russia. He was dominant. Yeah, yeah he was. He, I don't that the fact that he didn't get who was the guy who got player of the game for Sweden that game. I had no idea who that was. Uh, it was the Caps prospect. Um, he didn't even have a point that game. That's ridiculous. It was uh, ridiculous. M-R-W. Is it Tor- Torgen- Torgensen? No, Torgensen's place for Frolunda. Oh, right. Okay. He's Anyway, yeah, so Simon Edmondson, he's just so, like, he's a lot like, no, nah, I think he's different than Sider. I think he's a lot better than his edges than Sider is, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. Um, Sider's very good on his edges, too. I, that's that's, that's a saying. That's a bad comparison to make, like, say one's better than no, the other I, on their edges. I, no, I'm I'm fully confident with Edvinson. He's such a good skater. They they're both very good skaters. Yeah, yeah, but like, so I, I just as a comparison, I think what I've seen from Edvinson, he's a better skater. Um, the first game especially, like he made that really like that penalty kill shift. He made a really good jump and got the breakaway goal. I ended up with the two assists as well. Super positive there. Um, what else did you notice from his game? Just so good at stepping up into plays when like breaking up plays in the neutral zone and jumping into the attack off the rush and making something happen out of nothing basically which is crazy to think about that they don't trust him enough to run a power play when he's so good at doing like that but i mean he ended he ended up on the second unit that's the game against slovakia i'm pretty sure was he the point guy i don't think so yeah, no, he did. He had a couple shifts. Yeah, running it. From it was the top. end. He was. End, it was the end of one shift where both units had already went out with twenty seconds left. Okay, if that's what I, you're saw about. Because I, think, I saw him in the power play. I saw him in the power play. Hell, Jake Grons. Helga Grons. Yeah, the LA prospect. He's good enough to run the first power play. And then you yeah. have Emil Andre, plays for HV seventy one, I believe. Yeah, Mil Andre's a Flyers prospect. Yeah. Um, he plays in the Svenskin. He's sick. Mm-hmm. Filthy. And he's – I would say he's a better power play quarterback than Edmondson. I would say they both are, to be completely honest with you. Right. 
But just five on five, he's so dominant and is the best player on the ice. Yep. Uh, yeah, the second game, like, obviously, Wallstead was the player of the game. And, oh, my God, he looks so good. Yeah. yeah. What do you have, 48 saves? Yeah, 48 saves. Um, another, the other guy from our other guy from Sweden, Niederbach, uh, two goals, two games. I thought he looked pretty good. The game against Russia, he was very, very good. Was he playing on the third line or second line? Third, he's centering the third, third line. Okay, that's what I thought. But he's still but... playing. He's still playing like 15, 16 minutes a night. I think he ended up with. He was he was the bumper guy in the first unit as well. Yeah, he was playing with Torgensen and uh, oh my gosh, Rosen. Yep. Which was actually, yeah, they were better than the second line, in my opinion. But that first line was dirty. Oh, yeah. There's no way he's touching that first. <laughs> the first line was unbelievable. Once you found out that Eklund was going to play center, you're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're laughing. Honestly, Niederbach was probably playing more than the guys on the second line because they were just throwing him out there a lot. And he was playing. Yeah, no, yeah. As it seemed like. Um, yeah, his first goal is assisted by Ed- Edvinson, which was nice. Um, nice little five-hole shot. That was a dime of a shot, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very nice. The second one, that was, that was the snipe. BB. Oh, they were both BBs. Um, yeah. Right on the – yeah, like almost Braden Point, like bu- taking off the bumper. The power play there, was, that's what yeah. it reminded me of. Okay. A controversial thing that I noticed with Niederbach, he usually wears short hair. His hair was super long in this tournament. Yeah, a little are bit. You guys, yeah. Are you guys a fan of that or no? I kind of like it. I loved it. Yeah. It was, yeah. Especially it's when filthy. they were the gold. When they wear the gold, oh my god, so sick! It just like that should be a requirement. Team Sweden is to have some lettuce thrown out the back. Yeah, especially wearing the gold unis. You never (laughs) see uh, Theo with some lettuce, but he had some lettuce going. I loved it. Yeah, that was great. That was funny. Looks good. I didn't. I I I didn't think about it twice, and then you pointed it out. Yeah, no, but it seemed like with a bigger role. Like I know he started. He's starting to get a bigger role in Forlunda, and I seem. I I hope this kind of carries over as like another confidence boost for him. Like, and I also, like, him playing at center, like, I know he hasn't played a lot of center this year, but he looked good at it. Yeah. So that's only only positives. Um, Guy who I was, argue, like, arguably most impressed with, besides Edvinson, obviously, but Carter Mazur, he looked real good the one game for USA. Yes, he did. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was so good. He had the huge hit, which I think was kind of a weak penalty. The puck wasn't um, there. <laughs> The puck yeah, wasn't there. <laughs> there was no uh, had, attempt to play at the puck. He missed like a – he had that um, on the doorstep, missed the net chance. Um, but, no, he's just all over the ice. He played like 16 minutes a night. He was playing top six. Looked good in the power play. I don't know. I was impressed with him. I'd almost have to say our other Red Wings prospect on Team USA impressed me more than Carter Mazur did. Really? Red did? Just because taking I, off guys' I, heads? I'm more <laughs> – that, that was in that was in the exhibition game. I don't but, care. <laughs> still, he still should have been suspended. I thought. Oh, he opinion. definitely should have been suspended, especially the I, way the WHF calls penalties. I, I think <laughs> and had had hits. Uh, I know more about Mazer now than I do Savage because you don't really hear much about Miami of Ohio or like see much ever. But Mazer, he sometimes like, just he can't really keep up sometimes with the second line. That he's playing with like skill wise, but physicality and in people's faces, he was doing a great job with that. I just no, he... I look at the role that Savage was playing in and embracing like a fourth line role 
and on the penalty kill, he was very, very good. Yeah, like, that's, there, that's there was one shift, one shift late in the game where he just completely dominated and had the puck in the ozone on a, on the penalty kill for like twenty seconds. He was just holding it down there. I was very impressed with Savage. Yeah, no, yeah, Savage, I, I liked I liked his game. I I, I guess I noticed Mazer more. Well, in Savage, the thing with him, he's playing a role. He's more familiar with it. Ohio, he's their fourth line guy there, penalty kill guy. I mean, this is the role Mazer's playing at Denver, second line power play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so pretty much the same there. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think yeah. the roles were basically the same for both guys. Yeah. Uh, I guess yeah, just different tastes, I suppose. Um, Donovan Sabrango, also nice little tournament. Uh, yeah. He scores. Scores a big goal in his was, – it was the first game, right? It was a comeback against Czech. Okay, so I hate TSN. Czech, Czech, I, I Czechia. Think, I, I think me. TSN's a joke, and it's it disgusts me on how they go about showing replays and stuff. It's embarrassing. Donovan Sobrango makes a fantastic play in the D zone. He blocks a shot, breaks up a three-on-one. He goes back down, makes a pass, jumps in the play, and then scores a goal. And they make it all about Cole Perfetti on this play. I was fucking livid. I'm like, this is a joke. Uh, this, because- this was this was all Donovan Sobrango. Cole Perfetti made a nice pass, yes. But Don- Donovan Sobrango was just on a three-on-one. And he just shot it down completely. And they just don't talk about it because he's not an A-tier it, prospect. I uh, I was watching the game. They they mentioned that, him, his defensive play there. I do not recall that. I was actually yeah. – I remember, like, being infuriated over it. Yeah, well, no, no they definitely mentioned it because they, they did talk about Perfetti a little bit more, but they're like, play doesn't start – this play doesn't start without the defensive play. going. Like, when he came back, he made the defensive play, and then he hops up and buries. Are, are you sure? Now I feel really dumb. Because I'm, yeah, like, 90% shit. It, it, may not, it may not have been uh, – during the game, but it was definitely an intermission for sure. Okay, they, well, it might might have been an intermission because I know, but for sure they did talk about it. Okay, yeah, but during, it still during the game, late. all they talked about was Perfetti. Well, yeah, but he's a Canadian kid, market like the Canadian market team. That's what too. I mean. Ding, I just, ding, ding, ding. That's yeah. That's how I. That's how I was going to answer that was because yeah. he plays for Winnipeg, and is a top ten pick. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I, I just think give credit where credits due. Yeah. Um. The interview with Sobrango's mom, oh, warmed my heart. Yeah, I don't know if you guys cool. saw that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, but yeah, then Sobrango goes in, he scores his first AHL goal as well. Uh, that was last night, wasn't it? I believe so. Mm, yeah. Or two nights ago. Where's it two nights ago? One or the other. Yeah, really nice give and go play. He scores in the back door against uh, Milwaukee. So that was cool. Um, yeah, I thought he had, a, again, what I saw of him, I thought he was solid. Uh, Emil Vero, I'll touch on him quick. I thought, again, he's randomly like one of my favorite prospects, because, and I don't know why. He's not flashy at all, but I love him. <laughs> he reminds me of Gus Lindstrom, except Gus, except Lefty. Mm. Mm. I think he's a better skater than Gus Lindstrom, but... Not really. They don't remind me of each other at all. No? Really? <laughs> no. Emil is a way better skater. and a, That's why I said he's a better skater. A better puck mover. But I don't know. I'm a, they're just different. I just guess I see them differently. I similar roles though, I guess. But they just yeah, ultimately, like play, if Emil play a made, lot if, different. 
yeah, ultimately, if Emil makes it, he's going to be a fifth or sixth defenseman. Yeah. Which is completely, I mean, him and Sabrango are basically competing for that spot, right? Yeah. In the future, which yeah. great. You know, more the merrier. Um, yeah, after that, like uh, Bednar, Bednash, excuse me, he started one game. Uh, I thought he looked solid. I know it was it was two one two one OT loss against Germany, right? Did you watch that one? I watched bits and pieces. Yeah, oh. also that one I did not. Uh, man, man on the man on the inside told me, okay, Carson. He told me he really liked Bednar's game. So positive. There's a there's a goalie he liked. Or no, sorry, that was uh, that was Fugue. That was Fugue. Who yeah, if you guys missed missed, <laughs> missed the last episode, Fugue hated every goalie. Um, you name, you name a goalie. Yeah, you he actually said Jasper Wallstrap played bad against Slovakia. That's what he did say. That I could quotation. He told me, he told me that. <laughs> wow. Um. Yeah. <laughs> what else? We can get into. We can get into Red Wings hockey. Finally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not great. Not great. Do you see uh, that Griffin's game that also Bergeron did play? Oh, he didn't play. After he got, um, I don't know if it's because he got hurt. I didn't see anything about anything, but he wasn't um, on the score sheet for yesterday or last game because he had two oh, assists. Awesome. Well, he came back after he got took that hit or whatever, and he got an mm-hmm. assist late in the game, and then he didn't play the next day. He had two assists the night before. Weird. That is weird. I didn't see anything about it. So I don't know. He posted a pick on Insta today, so. I like yeah, he's so he's chilling. He's chilling. He's chilling. He's good. He leads the Griffins in points, I'm pretty sure. No. No? No. Who does? Orosi. Okay. Well, I mean, they're like I I know they were tied at one point. They had 19 each. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was a couple days ago. It's like 23. Orosi that. Okay. Well, all right, change then. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, going into, we had two games finally. So everyone's back besides Nick Letty, who should be back for Tuesday's game coming up here. Thank God. Uh, Yes and no. But anyway, um, yeah. So game 32 against Washington. Oh yeah. Before that, the the Red Wings, uh, New Year's resolution. Uh, that was funny. The Rasmussen quote. I'm pretty sure he listens. (laughs) He's definitely a (laughs) listener of this pod. He literally Uh, turned around and. I, I love that. I love that. That was funny. I took it two ways. Like him just being like, oh, that's funny. I'll just say better at hockey. But I think I'm super good. Uh, I'm Michael Rasmussen. Huh? I don't think he thinks that at all. No. Because he he's bad. So, yeah. Yeah. Better. Yeah. He had that really good game and went on protocol and then came back and was like, you know what? We can't even blame baby. it on protocol. He just wanted to give it one good game. He's like, here, here's what I could be, guys. I'm not blaming on protocol. I'm just saying he went on protocol and then came back and was. This is he, it. I wasn't giving had, an excuse. Yeah, he literally had the most stellar game of his Red Wings career in all of our opinions, I believe. Right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, and then the next day he gets up place on protocol. We're like, oh well, there you go. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought it was funny. I think I think he's self aware. I'm pretty. I like. I I took it as he's self aware. Yeah. I, I took so- it. A, he was having fun. Um, so yeah, game thirty-two back. Uh, Washington three-one loss. I actually thought this was a pretty good game. In my opinion, I don't know if you guys feel the same. It was a winnable game. Yeah, that's for sure. 
Um, I think it ultimately came down to refing. I think refing ended up getting in the way of this game for sure. I think there was two really bad calls at the end. One where there's a four on four where Sider was off the ice, which shouldn't have been off the ice. And then the second one being Fabry taking a retaliating penalty off of a call that should have been made earlier. And you can argue whether or not Fabry should have done it, but it's, there should have been a call before. Had there been a call, he wouldn't have retaliated. Type Correct. Of it's, okay. it's more of the refs not managing the game. Um, yeah, Grice, Grice got the start this game. And, I mean, there wasn't, like, both teams didn't really give up a lot. In in my estimates, uh, the Red Wings got the first goal of the game. It was in the second period. Right after a power play, it was a really nice play by Sider, like, who came through the neutral zone, got the puck deep, and got it, like, back behind the net to Gagne, who fed it out front for Suter. And Suter really, really made a really nice, you know, scored. Um, yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about P. Suter for a little bit? I want to talk about P. Suter. Let's talk about him. I think he's kind of becoming a legit second line center. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you guys feel the same way about that. Um, his last stretch of games that we've that he's had, he's I, I can agree with. That. I can see that. Yeah. He has he's showing the the potential of it, yeah. See, you have like in a situation where Pew Suter is a second line center, he needs stronger wingers. Well definitely our second line has not been nearly good enough. No, yeah. To be to be a good second line in this league. I would say our second line is probably bottom five in the league. No? Yeah, I would say it's bottom ten at least probably at best, but uh no. I think Pew Suter has been the best player on that line for the past, like, whatever, 15 games or so. Um, I'm imagining it with, like, Jacob Verana and then, like, someone way better on the wing, right? And, like, that's yeah. a pretty formidable line. Pew Suter's never going to be a big point producer. Like, he's basically – he's averaging a half a point per game right now. Um, but when you look at it from the other perspective, like, you look at his ice time and you look at how good – he's been our best penalty killer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he's – like, I'm writing a piece right now about how this is probably Larkin's best season of his career. And I think a huge, like, help for Larkin this year has been Suter. When you look at how, how much, like, I don't know if you I don't know if you've noticed, like, do you see Dylan Larkin killing penalties this year? No. No, no. he doesn't because Pew, Pew Suter does it. Yeah. A lot, a lot of hard defensive battles are on Pew Suter, who does pretty well. Yeah, He's a good skater. Yeah. He's very smart. He kind of, again... I said this beginning of the year, if we wanted to be successful, like you can have a guy like Pew Suter be your second line center, but he needs to be like a Valtteri Filippo in like 2010. Valtteri Filippo was never a big point producer. You go look back at Filippo's points. I think his career high was like 50 something, but usually he was like around the 40 mark and Pew Suter, right. I, I think I guess probably where he ends up as. And if you can be very solid in your own end and put up 40 points, but have good wingers around you who, who can put up the points that don't have to worry about the defensive end, i.e. Jacob Verana, who's not great defensively. That's a huge win. Yeah. Yeah. Who who do you, been, who would you like to see on that? So you so see you have Verana, Suter in the middle. And then if I'm going have, on who's earned who's earned it the most this year, I'd say Nemestikov. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually like that. Yeah. Like I know okay. it's not ideal for sure. But um, who's earned it out of everyone is Nemestikov's played the best besides Suter, like behind the first line. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's I think that's an easy thing. And you have Fabry, like I I, I like Fabry. 
and I, I think he has been pretty solid this year. It's just I don't I don't see him being a line pusher at this point. Okay. I, yeah. I can yeah, I, I I can see that. I would I wouldn't mind seeing them try Fabry there either, though, with those the other two. No, no, yeah. I mean obviously yeah. probably, they probably would do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah. That's ultimately, I think if we're going on base based on who's deserved it this year, I'd yeah. go Vlad. Gotcha. Um, and maybe I'm a little bit being a little bit biased on what happened today, but uh I can get into that. Uh so yeah, the rest of this game. We had I thought Grice played pretty well. Uh Mark Stahl got absolutely danced by Kuznetsov. Yeah, he did. Oh, it was bad. He got torched. And like that, whatever, Grice is left out to dry. Like, I don't blame him on that. And then that Grant and I, like, we kind of I think we kind of disagreed on. I don't know if did we talk about the this goal on FaceTime, Grant? Uh, the Ovechkin goal? Maybe we didn't. I don't think we did. Maybe. His first I thought, one? I thought, he, uh, no, OV, the, the game winner. Oh, we did talk about this. So I his, thought so Grice, Obi's... yeah, when OV broke the power play goal record, right, which is okay. pretty cool, which is awesome. Like, I'm, I'm, uh, obviously, I, I love OV. Yeah, like, that's too. awesome. That's, um, yeah. Probably a shot that Grice should save, but then Grant made up a good point, which he can go to now. I just completely disagree with that. First off, uh, it's the power play all-time leading scorer on the power play shooting. It's a one-timer. And a one-timer that there's a guy that wears number 27. It's really tall and plays like a bitch. <laughs> up at the point, going to block a shot like three seconds late and just basically is a screen for Grice. It's just tough to react to an Ovechkin stop shot when there is a single screen. I don't know. That's just a tough, tough spot to be put in for goalie. Yeah, I agree. It's a tough spot. I don't know how I, I, I guess how I feel about it is like you're that close to saving it and it like leaks through. I don't know. I, I always hate those to me anyway, like being a viewer. Yeah. Uh, so, they just, so to kind of touch on, to just kind of touch on Grant's spot, uh, point two is, um, it is Alexander Ovechkin, and he's played how many seasons in the league, and he scored how many goals from that exact spot, and goalies still can't figure it out. So, well, I know his power, his power play, he's got 276 power play goals. Yeah, so he's which probably is scored bananas. Probably yeah. scored 230 of them, if not more, from that exact spot. <laughs> not, he's not even so lying. good. <laughs> yeah, he's so yeah. good. That shot is just oh. lethal. It's, it's, it's yeah. the most elite, obviously. Points wise, anyway, his goal scoring wise, um, goalies still haven't figured it out, and teams have even adapted their penalty kill uh, to stop that, and he still just buries it. So, talk about yeah. elite. Since when did Matt Irwin, aka the goat, play for the Washington Capitals? <laughs> they face they they have a lot of guys on a lot of defensemen are on protocol, which is really funny. Um, because they had Luke Lucas Johansson who made his debut, Ryan's yeah. brother. Uh, he had his first assist too, of course, because why not? Right, there's a lot of because uh, Dennis Dennis Chalowski could have been playing in this game, but you know he gets the he's on the protocol. Yeah, bummer. Matt Nick Irwin, Jensen as well. Matt Irwin had a big assist. Oh yeah, it's right. He had an assist on that as well. Nick Jensen, uh, the NHL's leading plus minus guy. I know. That's what I was going to mention last time uh, when we were talking about him in Washington. I honestly is... believe like Nick Jensen, when he played for the Red Wings his last year, was like the best defenseman on the Red Wings. I'm not kidding. 
but Danda Kaiser was a little bit better. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, but no, I, like, I, 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 for this guy. I generally like Nick Jensen. I think he's a good defenseman. Yeah, um, other points in this game, the first line got shut down pretty bad in this game. Like they, they had nothing. I thought the second line had the most chances. I think Vlad had a really nice pass to Fabry, who probably like it looked like he probably should have scored on the replay, but he was also catching on his back foot and he was kind of turning. So that was kind of a tough one. Um, we had more. I, I got annoyed over that one. Not gonna lie, that was when like <laughs> it's my biggest so issue was it was like Samsonov was he was like falling and like I felt like he should have scored. You know what I mean? I got annoyed because Mick said something about he should have scored there or something like that, but. There's, dude, he just made a filthy move and he's to get around the guy in the first place and you're off your back foot shooting. It's hard to say that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm and saying I, because, what, like, what Mick yeah. said. Yeah. I'm correcting myself. Like, I, I know, I realized that. Like, yeah. at first I was like, ooh, but I was like, uh, after I'm like, yeah, like he's falling. Because the move um, he made to get around that last defender was disgusting and it put himself, the only way to get a shot was to shoot on your back foot. Yep. Um, we had Mort Sider bully two guys and then get a penalty. Uh, he drills. What, what did he even get a penalty for? I never understood that. I guess he like re-engaged with the guy afterwards, but like the guy was going after him. So he hits halfway in the corner. Clean hit. Um, He was kind of like close to the numbers. So I guess like I understand what they're upset at first. And then Dowd goes to hit him. He does his reverse hit where he drills at Dowd. And then people get pissed at him, and I think he took a penalty after, like in that in a scrum. I didn't agree with that, and I know like Blasher got a question about it, and he said like we've talked to Cider about it, which I don't know. I didn't feel like there was nothing to be talked about. I thought that was fine. Um, yeah, hilarious by the way. Like he's just he's just tormenting dudes. He's a man so out there. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh, legitimately, like, he's our defense is so propped up by this guy. But uh, there's there should be no problem with that because you're going to receive a hit. And it's the same thing like what happened earlier when Garland hit reverse hit Zadina, which was ter- kind of dirty in my opinion. But you have that example of the one Marshand when Glenn Denning tried to rock Marshand earlier in the year, and he mm-hmm. got rocked by Marshand, and it was clean. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing Cider does. He goes to mm-hmm. take a hit, and he makes them pay. Which I think you should be allowed to do, and you you are allowed. It's just people are no. So he touchy. didn't get penalized for the hit. He I I know. After. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, but people are so touchy about that kind of shit. It's a skilled play. Like you see it. Um, another awareness. another another guy that actually does that a lot um, is Elias Pettersson in Vancouver. Yeah, he does. He, he, he does that a lot in the corners, and it just shakes the defenseman off or the 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 guy checking him off, and that that's a skilled play, especially when you can do you know, hold on to the puck while doing it, but also perform it clean. It's, that's, that's right. a big, that's a big skill in my opinion, because that's puck protection 101 and protecting yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. Um, yeah. So basically there's an empty adder, uh to finish it. Uh, ultimately, like the Red Wings didn't have enough shots in this game. It was 20 shots. Like you're not going to win 20 shots. No, not against a it, cap no. scheme. That's solid. And we go into this game uh, today. And basically the same thing. It's been the same thing when the, Bru- the Bruins and the Red Wings have played this year. The Red Wings don't shoot enough. And it was a pretty entertaining game the first, like, p- period and a half. Like, it was one-to-one for a good portion of it. 
uh, Bertuzzi scored, which was like a nice, it was a nice point shot by DeKaiser. Real nice play for Larkin in the corner. Bertuzzi gets the, it was a fortunate bounce, gets it. Um, it's kind of the opposite of this game. The, like the only offense that was being generated was by the first line. Like Raymond had, I think, three shots, all quality. Um, but then afterwards, like we kind of just, it seemed like Marchand won the mental battle. You know what I mean? He, he, he's a rat and he won the battle of being a rat. He seemed like the fans were all engaged with him, which was fun. But then we end up losing the battle. Yeah. I mean, he does that throughout pretty much every building in the NHL, too. That's oh, a yeah. Marshawn game, right? That's just, he feeds into that and he, he's done very well doing that, doing such things, you know? Yeah. No, like Larkin pointed out in his press conference as well that, he feels that when the Red Wings play against physical teams, they get bullied and lose and they give up or not give up. He didn't say give up, but like they seem to get shut down, right. which I completely agree Dis- with. They discouraged at least to yeah. Discouraged <laughs> is a good word. Yeah. Um, which was fun. What was fun in the beginning was uh Nemestikov fought Marshand and then won and then got the crowd fired up, which was funny. Love. I love, I love that for Vlad. It's good stuff. But then Marshand got him back. He absolutely crunched him. Yeah, oh, did. Was, that was a Hulk. nice hit. Oh, Hulk. It was so it was so clean. It was so nice. I, I had no idea. I love Marshand. He's like one of my favorite players to watch, which is hard to say because everyone typically tends to disagree with that. But the way yeah. he plays, and you know, I, I just respect how he plays. And sure, he ri- rides the line pretty dangerously. And there's a couple times he's crossed it. But I feel like, like he's gotten at- a lot better over the last couple look- of years. Like, look how entertaining it was to watch him penalty kill against the Red Wings. The Red Wings, oh my, oh for four on the power play, and Marchand. I think Marchand had more in zone time than the whole Red Wings power play. That one power play he did. Oh yeah, easily. Easily. I think the Red Wings had two power plays, but they didn't even register a shot. And that was our first unit that was doing that, so that's hard to watch. Yeah, it was terrible. I oh, I didn't talk, I didn't touch on this the first game, but I'm gonna touch on it now. Why is Raymond in the bumper? I don't know. That is ridiculous. I'm starting to question Tange. I there's no reason the power play should be this bad. I know we're not going to be top 15 power play, but like I'm pretty sure we're 28th at this point, which is basically yeah. last week. We basically have Dan Bilesman again. Um, it, it started strong too. It, just, it did. Like, it did. Fell off a cliff. The issue, like my issue with like I know like Raymond's a good player and like he can play anywhere. But my issue is like having on those on the sides there, a lot of your passes are going through. And Robbie Fabry, he is skilled, but he's not skilled enough to be having a power play run through him. No. He's more of a finisher in the sense of where a bumper is very good for him because if the puck gets on a stick, he's gonna shoot it. And he's he's the type of guy where he's not very big, but he will create a little chaos in front of the net too. Like with his right. with it, not maybe not like maybe not even physically, it's just he has it. He has the ability to score bank pucks away, but he also can make a nice play where if someone's back door, feed it back to the guy back door. Like, you know, it's multi-dimensional there. Yeah, like Raymond is such a creator on the side. Yeah, where you you need him like him and Cider need to be the guys running the power play through. Like if you can play, you can, you can play Raymond on either side. I don't really care. I think he should be playing a strong side. The right, the right side. You mean? Yeah. And with uh, with Raymond too, him being his first year in the league, I think where he has found his success is on the outside because a his vision is unbelievable, like we've said. 
but mm-hmm. you just have on the on the flanks and stuff like that you have just a little bit more time to make that extra pass or the extra look for that pass because the guys aren't really going to be you know checking you that hard like you'll have an extra half extra second where if you're in the bumper every guy's every guy is going to fall down right on you right every, right. every guy's going to collapse and protect the net so that's where I don't see why he like. I, I agree with you. I don't see why he was in the bumper position. He should be on the on the half wall doing what he does best with them setting up guys, and he still yep can score from out there too. He has that lethal shot. I just don't get why you're moving the guy that is basically created most. I would say most of the power play chances and goals. When him or Sider, him or Sider, yeah. I'm saying when it's been ran through Raymond the most stuff happens mm. on the power play. Exactly. And now you don't have that option. It's more of, okay, we have to rely on these other players to get him the puck. And today we saw a over, over usage of trying to pursue the bumper from the likes of Fabry was trying to push pucks to the middle because I'm sure that's what he's being told is you need to try yep. to get pucks to Raymond. And that's just not going to work. You can't just automatically throw a puck to the bumper. It's no. because then it just clogs up the middle, then you have no passing lanes. The bumper is honestly something that is really covered unless you're not using it very much, and then teams start to lean off it and then it opens up. Well, Lots exactly. of quick passes. And that's not something we're capable of doing without Raymond on the outside of opening up no. the bumper, in and, my opinion. And that's what I was getting to is where when you're in the bumper position, that guy's mainly covered or if not, if he is whatsoever open, his guys are on him like that because they all collapse to him. And that does, just doesn't make sense to me. You need a but, guy. I think Fabry works better there. than That's in, like Gar said, he's said that the power play runs through almost that right or left side. And I don't right. think Fabry's a player that's going to be, is a good enough passer to be making so many passes and then getting the puck to the bumper. I don't trust him there. Nope. And I think nope. Raymond does a good job with that. Um, so you kind of get like, so obviously it was, yeah, it was one, we had the lead and then we get scored on five times in a row. Um, so the first one was the third line getting absolutely worked. Dan DeKaiser getting out muscled and then Bergeron scoring out of the corner. Uh, very nice play by Craig Smith, Marchand and, and uh, Bergeron. The second one really pissed me off. Oh, Philip Peronic gets the puck in the slot after a power play and misses the net. Not only misses the net, but he misses it on the far side, which goes back the other way. As the defenseman's going for a change, Eric Halla has a streaking breakaway, kind of half breakaway, became a full breakaway because Jordan Osterley decided to stop skating. And then Halla picks his corner. I don't that know about a, you, but that was a terrible angle by Ned. I agree. Okay, so that was a lot one wrong that with he the play. really should have saved. No, no, I agree. I had that in my notes as well. I agree Ned on that angle should have that. But Horonic missing the net is a huge part to start that. And Jordan Osterley stopped skating in the video. When the replay, when you watch the replay, he stopped skating completely, which drives me nuts. Yeah, it started from the at old... At least try to... Road. You got to try at least get a stick on it. And Ned, he got beaten clean. I agree. Yeah. Uh, this... Uh, the third goal is one that I really want to hammer. This one. Was, uh, Ernie was, having no idea who, where McAvoy oh, is. Yep. No, 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 no. There's way more to that. 
Why this, not? But like this, this one started with Rasmussen trying to skate the puck up from the defensive zone, turning it over, going back dumped in. Cider and Ernie both lose the puck battle like badly. It looked they were looked clueless. You said and Cider then, and Ernie. Cider and Ernie. Okay. And off the wall. I want to say it was Ernie got burnt off the wall, and DeKaiser's just standing there like he wanted to play goalie too. Yep. That yep. play that that is what our defensive zone turned into at the end of the game, and is why part of the reason why we gave up five goals. Yeah, I don't really necessarily blame Ned in the sense like he got left at the drive pretty bad. That was yeah. Like that, I I agree. The hollow goal definitely should have been stopped, but like after that, like it was a it was a shooting gallery for the Bruins. Yeah, he looked really shaky though. I can't really fault him on any one besides the hollow goal. I would like yeah. to fault him on, but playing the puck. Oh, that one he, play where he, he almost got burned he by whiffed, that. I think he whipped six times today. Yeah. Yeah, again, I think it's a lot of it is like it's all about confidence with that. And today he just didn't have it, obviously, when you're a goalie that plays the puck pretty often. Um, yeah, definitely tough. Uh, I didn't care. Like, I turned it off after I turned it off after the fifth goal and didn't it ended up being great. Thomas Nosek scored, which I guess that goal you could argue a little bit five hole goal. Yeah, but like you said, it's a shooting gallery. That's a wide a open shot. Gallery, right. That's a great A opportunity, and he yep. just slipped a five hole. Yep, I miss Nosek. Me too. He's great. Uh, so yeah, I think this game. Oh, this game really sucks when you're the Bruins and the Red Wings have been fighting for that last wild card spot basically all year, and the Red Wings have so many games that have, they've played over the Bruins, and mm-hmm. then you go into this game where you should like this is a game. This is a this is what they call a four point game. Yep. Right. And yep. in the sense that the Red Wings would gain two and the Bruins would gain zero. So therefore it would turn how many points would turn up in that sense. So the Bruins wouldn't gain any points. The Red Wings gain two. So anyway, um, with this, I, I just think it's pretty important to talk about how we have one line that's dominating five on five completely. And then our other lines are getting completely outworked. Well, yeah, so I was going to say like, it just shows like, where the Reddings are actually are in this playoff contention. You can't you just go, you can't just feed off one line. Right, exactly. Where the Bruins, like, even with their struggles this year, still outwork the Red Wings pretty bad. I think and ha- they did outplay the Red Wings in every game this year. Yeah. yeah. Comfortably. I think Comfortably, for sure. a guy that they don't talk about much, but really kind of brings stability that we miss right now is Mitchell Stevens. I agree. He's yeah. such a he's such a pusher on the fourth line. He just makes stuff happen, and you don't really get stemmed in your zone with a player like that. No, I'd I'd even go as far as like say our fourth line hasn't even been that bad. Like it I hasn't fourth, it hasn't been the problem. Like I I've actually liked Carter Rowney. I actually think he's done a pretty decent job as center. Um, I thought Joe Joe Valeno had a better game today. I thought and, Philip Sedina was like one of our worst players today. Oh, we, oh well, uh, the third line was terrible. Yeah. I'm not even talking about the third. I'm talking strictly the fourth line, like Sam Gagne, Joe Valeno, and Mitchell. Or yeah, Mitchell they, they were fine. Rowney, they were fine. Yeah, which is what you want in your fourth line. You don't want to say if you can if you go out of it and saying like they didn't do anything, you're great, golden. Yeah, yeah. Once again, today was me questioning Adam Ernie, Michael Rasmussen, and Philip Zadina. Yep, 
Yep, I definitely agree. Adam Arnie had a horrendous game. Who he had a bad game. Yeah. Yeah, more so than the other two, I'd even say. Like he I disagree with that. I think Sadina might have been the worst out of the three. Is Ernie okay, go back on Ernie. He's kind of given me the 2019-20 season vibes. Where yeah. he was basically useless. He's he's useless right now. Which sucks because I like the way Adam Ernie. The way he's been playing, he's useless. And I like Adam Ernie a lot. But um, if you go back to last year and bring that energy every night, like hell yeah. Yeah. Play third line. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like last year he was a third line player, but he was playing, I mean, he was playing more than that because of how bad the Red Wings were. But and, and that's he got rocked by Connor Clifton. Oh yeah. I, I yeah. thought I thought he'd wake up after that, to be honest with you. Yeah. I got agree. hammered by Clifton. Yeah, he's, he's half the size of you, for sure. Um, yeah, like it's how tough much? To... We'll go ahead. Oh, quick, quick question was how much longer is Stevens out for? How much? Uh, Until in at least like February ish. Like he, I think yeah. he busted his ankle. And he did. That, yeah, yeah. Well, that wasn't confirmed, at... but like basically confirmed. We'll be looking at like a month for. For Verona, hey. Yeah, I know he's skating. He he's is not with it. He's not with the team. He's skating on his own. Okay. Um, but like a shoulder injury like that again, like yeah. I hope it's. I would say I hope he's practicing with the team with some contact by the end of the month. That's my hope. Um, maybe maybe start skating with him like two three weeks, no contact. Yeah, like hopefully, like yeah. And I know Blashville, like they've been pretty quiet about it, which I, I which I like because like you can't get hopes, and then all of a sudden he gets a setback, and yeah, then, right, which which is fine. I have, anyway, he comes back whenever he's ready. Like I don't care, you know. Yeah. I, I obviously I want him back. Like he's going to be, he'll be our immediately our fourth fourth best forward, if not third. Especially if he picks yeah. up where he left off. He's definitely a right. top four forward. It's hard to say when you haven't seen him in the lineup. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like because I, I argue the, with. He the way he was producing last year reminded me reminds me of a lot of how Jordan Cairo has really taken off this year. Yeah, what Guys a game that, last oh night. my god. What a what a second period had last night, let's be real. <laughs> no, they just very yeah, I good. feel like they have a lot of similarities. They're guys that have seen sheltered minutes and have unbelievable five on five scoring. Yeah, the only the only sense is just it's flipped. Veronica's a scorer and Kyra is a playmaker, but I'm saying scoring as in goals. Right, right. You know, no, no. I, I know what you mean. Yeah, points wise. Yeah, no, I, I like that comparison a lot. But man, um, that watching Kyra yesterday, I've always liked watching him. But holy, he looked like how yesterday he looked like exactly how he did when he played in Sarnia. Just running show, yeah, running yeah. show. Did you get to watch him at all when he played in Sarnia? A lot of times they've had two back-to-back playoff series against him. Oh my gosh, he was so good. The year his their last year when uh, the Hounds I actually think, yeah, the Hounds beat them, and then um, then they shouldn't have. The Hounds shouldn't have beat them the year before. They should have beat them and they didn't. Um, but it was Chick Green was there and Kyru and they were just and Zaka was there. It was they were both yeah. It was it was a good team to watch, but. Uh, Kyrie's real junior year, he was phenomenal. Like when he played for Team Canada and came back to Sarnia, he was he looked he controlled the game in and out. His brother is supposed to go somewhat high this year, too. Really? 
His brother plays in the O. I can't remember what team. He's a def- he's a defenseman. He has like twenty points in twenty six games. Not bad. Um, Andy. So I were I think we're getting like I think we're off the Red Wings. We might get back to him in like a second. But like I wanted to like since we're in the OHL talk, Tucker Tynan. What's up with that? Yeah, that I have no clue. I I haven't heard. The, the Hounds organization has been very hush hush on it, and he's still been playing. That's really weird. Yeah, so I, I I'm assuming they're investigating it and trying to protect him in a sense. Which I mean, no matter what your team is, your organization is going to do, right? Like they're going to right, yeah, until if, until they find out what happens. But it's coming from multiple sources and like <clears throat> coming from multiple people saying, and then like I guess. It was somewhere on Twitter where one guy tweeted out. Yep, that's where I saw it. And then like three or four other accounts, three three or four other accounts that were like from apparently like, I I assume they didn't know each other. They pinpointed the guys like Tucker Tynan specifically. Like, oh, we know this ha- same thing happened to us, and it was Tucker Tynan. Like, it was so and so. They pinpointed the name right away. I feel like so. you can make up anything I, on the internet, but this this looks bad. <laughs> Yeah, like when this, you have yeah, it, uh, when you have so many different sources coming out. Wow, not good. Yeah, yeah. For and anyone, so supposed- anyone that okay, uh, I was gonna give a little background, like yeah, for anyone's unaware, just because like we're talking about it and like we're kind of like not saying what it is. So basically, yeah. he got he, as an OHL guy, he got accused of betting on his own games and then throwing his own games as well, and then not paying back his bookies. Right, is basically what the. I think he was like that, or like another one. How I interpret it is, he was being a bookie kind of to himself too. Interesting. Okay. Like, like I like that's like I'm not like I. I'm not entirely sure exactly how it went, obviously, mm-hmm. but I just like is and who knows? Like at first I heard it, I was okay. Well, it could just be a sense of him, like because you can't really bet on ohl games on apps and stuff like like you know betting sites right so at first i thought maybe he was getting in trouble for that but i was like well he can still go bet on nhl games like he doesn't play in the nhl he's not a prospector like he you know he's not drafted anywhere i believe right he's undrafted i thought he was drafted i think he's undrafted i think he's, he's undrafted, undrafted. okay because his draft year i believe was the year he cut his his leg got cut open and he was right up. Oh, and that's right. that's who that is. Yeah, my buddy played with him in Niagara that year. Oh was, my yeah. god, I forgot that that was him. Yeah, yeah. so he missed it. Like, he, I mean, with COVID and everything too. But with that, he missed majority of that year. Then COVID happened, so he missed the rest of that year. He basically missed two full years, two years, basically. Yep, essentially a year and a half for sure. So I, I don't know. Like, I heard about it like a week and a half 10 days ago which is a couple of days after it came out i believe it came out two weeks ago maybe three now and it's weird because they're they haven't obviously said anything about it like the hounds themselves and he has still been playing in games so just right. kind of weird it's kind of weird and like i don't know about much more to say on that because like how i guess just other than what i just said it was like multiple people have pinpointed the name the kid's name pointed him out right away and it sounds like they i mean these guys very well could just have something against him where they don't like him and he did something to them in middle school or whatever and they could just be all making it up 
because it's you know you can make multiple accounts on Twitter and et cetera, et cetera but they didn't look like burner accounts or fake accounts and no, it looked legit. Yeah. It, looked, it looked pretty. It looked, looked looked very legit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. For sure. Uh. I guess we can get off this topic, and I want to preview like the next Red Wings game, which is a big one in my opinion. This is a must win. I I'm gonna say must win. San Jose seven thirty, and then they go on the California road trip, which is again like it's gonna be a big test. Um. San Jose, San Jose also just came off a really weird game. Uh, two really weird games. They had let in 15, 15 goals in the last two games. Yeah. And they won That's one of those games. 8-7 <laughs> eight, seven, eight, seven against Arizona and 8-5 to five against the Penguins. And they were down 4-0 to zero today or 5. 6-0. They're on 6-0. Oh, or 5-0. Five, five, zero, five, zero, they were 6-1. Right. Yeah. But, That's right. And it was funny. They were rallying terrible. back hard today. Oh, James Reimer absolutely blew it for me in fantasy this today. <laughs> I think I beat I, Andy this week. Yeah, you did. Negative nine point five for James Reimer today. Terrible. Oh, gosh. Um, but yeah, like again, I kind of view the Sharks in like a they're kind of similar in the Red Wing and like where they are in the standings for the Red, for the Red Wings. Um, obviously a little different because like their best players are old, and where our best players are young. But this is a this is a big one. I think the Red Wings need to win this one. And underrated, like the Red Wings lost their past two games at home, which kind of a rarity for the Red Wings a little bit this year. Well, that's what I was going to mention earlier too. Is uh, I was expecting them to have at least. I know they're two good teams that came in, like with Washington and Boston, but I was expecting them to have at least one win out of the two because of our home record. Yeah, I'm, I'm less mad about the Washington one considering they played good. I'm right. more mad about the Boston one considering the fact they just sucked. Right. Okay. And yeah. like the, the Washington one, I think could like Flash, I think said it best. He's like, it could have gone either way. Like the best power play scorer of our generation or of all time actually took over, w- scored a power play goal. Yeah. <laughs> Literally won. And, won and then it was an empty net. So, like, I don't know. I view that sense and the shots were close. I thought the play was honestly close. Like, it was an entertaining defensive battle. Right. Uh, the Boston one was just bad. Like, was it was, yeah. yeah, it was bad. Um, yeah, but the Sharks, like, again, they're in a similar situation. They kind of have one line they run through with Couture, um, Dolan, and Meyer is their top line. Yeah. And they're pretty good. I, Timo Meyer has been very good this year. No, who and, else is having like a sneaky point year? And kind of, like, I wouldn't say getting back to his old self, though, but like, in a sense, Allison? way more. Yeah, like eight and fifteen in twenty three, I think games, twenty five games played. It's not bad. Yeah, like he's he's about. Like I I saw him. He got an assist today, I believe, maybe two, and like he had eight goals, which I was surprised. Like I never even I would have projected him to have like maybe two or three, like from what because right. you don't hear about him anymore as much. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then yeah, at least the assist today, I believe, it was his fifteenth or maybe sixteenth assist today. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, that, that kind of just threw me off for... No, he's definitely been better. Like, the Sharks have kind of had guys that have stepped up and played better. Yeah. Um, obviously, the James Reimer early on in the season was very good. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I picked up a fantasy. Now he's kind of, eh, he's kind of falling off a little bit. Um, but yeah, like, like Burnsy has been pretty solid. Mario Ferraro's out right now, but he's been, he's pretty good. I like Mario Ferraro a lot. Well, they were down uh, six, six to one today. They're down six one, yeah. So I was right. They're down five nothing, and they went six one. Um, yeah, I think it's a huge one. And then they go on the California road trip, where I think they 
play LA to start with and or no no Anaheim to start with. And then they go LA on Saturday and then uh San Jose again on the next Tuesday. Yeah. Which is always a it's always it's always a big road trip in California. Mm-hmm. You know, and, but I'm I'm glad this year usually it's a back to back, which this year it isn't. It's a couple of days in between for each one, which is big. Yeah. So I like that. Uh yeah. So it's gonna be a big week for Red Wings. Uh quick thing to end the show. Um Upper Peninsula native Abby Rock makes the U.S. Women's Olympic team, so that's pretty cool. So I guess Andy would say clicks to that. Also, one of Andy's. She's also one of Andy's friends, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, she's local legend around here. I played. I played against her in high school, and it's she played met like she played boys high school and was one of the better players, which is hilarious. I remember, she's, watch, she's, I remember watching her and. Uh, like Levi Wonder go at it. That's pretty funny. She's yeah, good. She's, she's she's dominant. Yeah, and, uh, I like. She, I, she kind of, like I don't, I don't know if she really knows me, but like I remember Rutledge and I. She he, we skated at her her house, and she was like she was gone. She was at Wisconsin. Yeah, and like we just randomly skated at her house because like I guess her parents just let people skate at their house. Yeah, they always a lot of fun. Rink. Yeah, they always yeah, yeah, rink back there. Nice, nice ODR rink too for sure. Perfect for like two on two, three on three. Yeah, I think we were doing like three on three that day, but it was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I think you were there that day. You might have been there that day. I was there a few times. I go there. Well, I used to go there quite often. Yeah, I think you went there with me and Rut. I'm not sure yeah. though. Um, speaking of that, you saw Rut the other day. Yeah, I saw Rut last weekend. Oh, what a kid. he's the man. What a, he's the man. What a, yeah, I have, I have a story for you guys off air for him. It was it was All wild. Right, awesome, awesome. Yeah. I I miss that kid. Yeah, this guy uh, has not changed one bit. I love that. <laughs> uh, so this will end this one. Uh, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming for sure. Uh, we got some moves. We're we're making some more new moves in the new year. Up and you know only up from this point, right? Uh, right. Yeah, stay tuned for that. Uh, also, check out my writing if you can. I'm now writing for Inside the Rink. I have. I think three pieces up right now about to be a fourth early on this week. Uh, writing about Dylan Larkin. Uh, spoiler. He's having a pretty good year and okay. yeah, uh, that'll be it. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, subscribe on Apple podcasts. If you haven't follow us on Twitter um, at TPL pod and thank you for the support. Mm-hmm.